Thank you for tuning in to the Learn to Code with Me podcast. In this episode, we'll learn about transitioning into tech later in life. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. Backblaze provides cloud backup that's astonishingly easy and low cost. Backup all of your data and access it from anywhere in the world for just $5 per month. Start your fully featured 15-day free trial today by going to backblaze.com forward slash learn to code. Flatiron School's online data science bootcamp gives students the knowledge, skills, and the experience they need to land jobs as data scientists. Start learning for free with their data science bootcamp prep course. Just go to flatironschool.com forward slash learn to code with me to get started. Before getting into the interview today, I want to share something really special with you. Over the past six to eight weeks behind the scenes, myself and the rest of the small but mighty Learn to Code With Me team have been working away on something big for Black Friday. It's something we've never done before and something that has taken tons of effort to coordinate. Honestly, we've been eating, sleeping, dreaming about it, or at least I have. We put together a collection of 19 top shelf coding and technology courses. Courses that have delivered results to hundreds or thousands of students. These are courses from 19 different industry experts. And when you take the retail value of all of these courses together, they're worth over $3,400. But for this week only, we're selling all 19 of these courses for just $199. This deal is so good that it's only going to be available for one week until Monday, November 26th at midnight, Eastern time. In case you're listening to this episode well into the future, this is 2018. You can check out this special by going to learntocodewith.me forward slash Black Friday. That URL is all one word. We'll also make sure to add a link to the show notes. Again, the URL is learntocodewith.me forward slash Black Friday 2018. Okay, now back to the show. In today's episode, I talk with Kanika Tolver. Kanika has wide-ranging experience in tech. She's worked in the federal government as well as in the private sector. More recently, she started a career coaching business called Career Rehab. Career Rehab focuses on assisting career transformations for students, professionals, and retirees. Kanika has been featured on CNN, CBS Radio, Yahoo, Glassdoor, Entrepreneur, The Washington Post, and a variety of other publications. In our conversation today, we're going to focus on the topic of transitioning into tech later in life. So people that are over the age of 35, 40, or beyond. However, Kanika shares a lot of great advice that can be applied to anyone at any age. Kanika cites specific examples and insights from clients she's worked with in the past who made the switch into tech after the age of 35. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, Kanika, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm really excited to talk to you because you have such a vast background, and I know you're going to share so much awesome wisdom with the listeners. I'm also excited to specifically talk about career changing into tech later in life, like after the age of 35 or 40. I've written about this topic a lot and talked about it 
like switching into tech, but not specifically at an older age. So I'm really excited to dive into that. But first, can you briefly explain like your background, especially as it relates to making a career change or helping others switch careers? Sure. Um, I am from the Washington, D.C. area. I am a career coach. I am the founder of Career Rehab. Um, We focus on basically helping people create epic careers. So we focus on career passion through, you know, a new career journey as a college graduate. Um, We call them the cool geeks. Um, We also focus on career advancement for existing existing professionals. We call them the the corporate rebels and we focus on career um, changers who actually want to transition from one career to another. We call them the career dropouts. So I focus in on specifically helping people find happiness within a career at all different levels, Um, not just in tech, but um, I do have a lot of tech clients that actually come to me as they transition to different areas within the technology industry. Nice. And you used to work in tech, right? Yes, I actually um, spent majority of my career in the federal government um, tech space. So um, I've worked for various different federal agencies. My experience is focused around web and mobile app development, agile project management and, and software testing. So I'm curious, what made you want to become a career coach? Like you were working in these governmental agencies, you were doing different kinds of development, as you mentioned. What made you be like, hey, I want to help people make career moves? Um, Actually, I am considering actually going back into the federal technology space as we speak. So um, I initially was a federal employee. In 2014, I left the federal government to go into private sector and, and work for, you know, consulting firms like Deloitte and other small technology companies. I was still working with the federal government as a contractor or consultant, I should say. But in the last two years, I've been really focused on full-time entrepreneurship as a, um, I have my own technology company and I also have my career coaching practice. But what really made me interested about entrepreneurship is that I really wanted to have a purpose. And I really wanted to have a career that was going to bring me, you know, a somewhat of joy. I had a lot of career heartbreaks. So I just stumbled into like helping people with their resumes and helping them with rebranding their career. And then like, it just took on a life of its own. And I just started doing more, um, you know, in-depth career coaching. Got it. So Wait, how many things are you doing currently? Like how many different jobs? Or I know you have like the career coaching. What else beyond that are you also doing right now? My own digital branding technology company where we focus in on helping people primarily with like WordPress websites, with mobile apps, um, digital marketing, uh, and you know, you know, company branding like for their logo and things like that. So that's a that's a separate company that I do have. Um, I do that primarily online. A lot of my com- a lot of my um, employees were all virtual, so um, I do a lot of freelancing and outsourcing for for that. But um, Really, I only do technology and career coaching um, right now, but um, I just career coaching is just a passion of mine that's kind of non-tech related that I just I always love helping the community as a child. So I just kind of was like, wow, I'm naturally good at getting six figure jobs. Let me teach other people how to do that in tech. Got it. Well, thank you for highlighting all that. That that definitely makes sense. And um, as you know, this podcast focuses specifically on the tech industry And there's just so much information about getting a job in tech online. However, 
when I was researching this topic uh, before even inviting you on as a guest, I did not find very much material that was specific to people over the age of 35 or over the age of 40. Like literally I only found like a handful of articles. I know there's more than that. Maybe I wasn't typing the right terms, but compared to like, there just wasn't that much content out there for people in that age group. Why do you think that is? I think that is because in this digital age, um, we focus a lot on helping youth, young women, you know, minorities that want to get into tech. And I think when you start think, talking about people that's 35 and older or people in their 40s, I think there's a it's, there's an actual like learning gap of technology for those generations. A, a lot of times we think it's easier to teach a, a, a younger person how to use technology because, you know, we're always use, using, you know, the Internet. Um, we're always using the computers and mobile devices. And a lot of people that's in their 30s and 40s, they wasn't necessarily birthed into this digital age of technology they know the basics of like how to use a computer and and type and things like that but I think that you 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 hit something head on when you sent me the topics over because I think there's a real equal opportunity gap because a lot of tech companies they're not as probably eager to hire someone older because they may feel like they don't have the the cutting-edge technology skills or maybe even the willingness to be able to easily adapt to learning these new technologies. Right, right. And I feel like, and I I haven't done tons of research on this in particular, but just from my own experiences and seeing people in my own life, like my mom mm-hmm. and my dad, I've in there, well, actually my dad is in tech. My, my mother is not, but I can see just in their own careers, definite, um, I don't know, the signs or of, of ageism, like ageism in the workplace. Right. Um, yeah. And, and uh, I, I, yeah, I, I feel like it's not getting enough attention. I also think that, I don't, I just have this belief that like anyone can do anything if they have enough drive and motivation. Like it doesn't matter how old you are, like you can make any career change that you want. But there definitely is, I think, some, yeah, some biases there in, in ageism. So how do you help people like with your with your own practice that are over the age of 35? And it's, sorry, I have the, it sounds so silly to me to say over the age of 35 because 35 is so young. Like that's technically still a millennial. I think well, like- technically it is because I'm 35 and I'm a millennial. But <laughs> but I would say if you like talk about like 40 and beyond, we're talking about Gen Xers, right? We're talking about baby boomers. My mother's a baby boomer. You know, my aunt is a Gen Xer. Um so I think when when I when I look at people within my own life, I think that I, that those people, um, they even some just some people have just a time with using their mobile device. Like, you know, we can easily just delete an app. You know, your mom or dad may not know how to do that. So I think the tech companies are so eager to hire younger people. They've lowered the standards for educational requirements because a lot of people are self-taught technologists these days. You don't need all of these formal college degrees anymore. A lot of people are either teaching themselves the code or they're getting certifications just by, um, you know, taking you know, classes on Udemy or Linda and they're taking the exam and they're getting, you know, hired. So I think... 
the disconnect is that they grew up on encyclopedias and we grew up with Google. So yeah, yeah. But what about the person listening right now, who is over the age of 40, maybe they're 45, maybe they're 50. And they're really driven, really want to make this career change, really want to move into tech, what can they do? Like how should they position themselves differently because they are a bit further ahead in their career? Or like, I don't know, like what advice do you have? I think the first thing is that we have to change the mindset of fear. Technology is fearful for a lot of people because it's just unknown to them. A lot of people that maybe have been in an industry and they're 40 and beyond, they've maybe been doing the same thing every day. So it's fearful to transition into feeling like I got to learn a whole new programming language or I have to learn a whole new software application. That's pretty scary, right? And when you think about it, if I've been going to work and I've been in one industry my whole career, I know this industry and you know, in and out. So I would say, don't fear the technology. The more you use it, the more you won't lose it. Um, My second tip would be is to identify what computer training courses you can ask your current job to allow you to enroll in that that can actually give you a jump start on your IT career. Um, Some people, you know, may want to get more information on how to use different software applications or maybe they want to transition into, you know, maybe learning how to be able just to have the basic concepts of of computing or learning how to know what computers do. I think utilizing your current training budget, all of these industries are advancing in technology in some way. And so you can make that actual switch, utilize your current training resources within your current role. And then maybe the last tip would be is to see if you can get a detailed opportunity or a detailed opportunity into or volunteer opportunity in the IT division of your organi- organization, which would give you exposure to learning new, new skills, new IT skills, and also be able to help you network with other professionals that can give you some sound transitional advice. Yeah, I love those tips. I love especially like kind of just like starting where you are and figuring out what you can leverage in your current role. I know tons of companies have um, educational budgets or, you know, where they'll reimburse Mm -hmm. you for courses. Um, Others may do like hackathons where everyone at the company is invited, even if you're not on the tech team or, as you mentioned, like the kind of uh, finding a volunteer opportunity in the IT division to get those um, exposure to to new skills and to network with others. Um, I also, when you first started answering that, I was kind of laughing because you were saying, um, like, you know, about the, the, the fear around technology. And if you're told, oh, you have to learn a new programming language, like, it's scary. And I feel like that's, like, for anyone, right? Like, if someone came up to me right now and was like, hey, like, you have to learn this programming language. Right. You have this many days and we're going to test you out or whatever. I would be I would be scared. I'd be like, oh, God, oh, God, can, can I do this? I'd be questioning myself. So um, I, I, I totally I totally agree with you. Like, I know HTML and CSS and JavaScript. But if you said, hey, Kanika, I, I want you to learn Python, I'd be like, oh, oh my gosh. Like, I've never seen that before or I've never, you know, if I had to go and learn Java, I mean, that would just scare me because I've just been in the web and mobile space for so long. So I, I 100% agree with you. But I always tell people, if you're going to get into this field, it's a, you are committing to being a lifetime learner. I don't care if you're already in the industry. You have to continuously learn. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, committing to learning. Technologies are always changing. I think that's also like an advantage for people getting into tech at any age is the fact that things 
do change so quickly. Like there's all these new frameworks coming out. There's new programming languages. There's new best practices. There's new versions of programming languages. It's like everyone has to adapt and stay up to date. And even if you've, you know, if you're, it doesn't, it's not like one thing that stays the same for like decades and decades. It's always changing. Yeah. So you're always kind of on the same page. Not totally, but we're all going to always be (laughs) having to keep up all of us, even those of us that have been in the industry for a while. So that's a good advantage to think about is that, Hey, every day or every year, a person has been in the field for 10 plus years, they're having being forced to learn something new. So you're not going to be, you know, exempt from that as someone coming, you know, brand new into the field. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So could you share any stories or examples, whether it's yourself or people you worked with who made a career change? It doesn't even have to be into tech. Ideally, it could be into tech later in life and some of the steps or things that they did to make it all happen. Okay. Yeah, I have some actionable steps that I want to kind of give people. And I I use this, these actionable um, steps in my career coaching practice when I'm coaching people that are transitioning into the tech industry. Um, So first, I'm going to share my tips. And then I'm going to share like, you know, a story of two, two guys who actually are like 35 and or older, and they're actually just transitioned into um, tech Um, within my coaching practice this year. So I would say the first thing is that you want to start to think about rebranding your career for the IT industry. So that just entails maybe revamping your resume, revamping your LinkedIn profile, taking some of the real life thing, real things that you did in your job and making them sound more technically sound or more IT sound. Um, So you can, you know, qualify for, you know, some junior level positions, utilize free tools like YouTube or pay for classes on Udemy. I mean, to take $11 and actually, you know, be able to take a certification course. It it just amazes me that I have clients that have taken a Udemy class when they had a sale and they've gotten several certifications and now they're making six figures like they flip twelve dollars into six figures basically um another thing that you can really do is you can you can work on i would say learning one to two programming languages and earning it certifications I, I think that we focus a lot on coding, but we don't focus a lot on teaching people that there are other areas within IT that you can go into. So you can go into cloud computing, cybersecurity, project management, software testing, um, being very open to other areas of IT and not thinking that everyone has to be a programmer to be a successful technologist. That's, that's, that's a myth. I don't know why people think that you have to code to be a great project manager you don't um some i was going to say another thing that you can actually do is you can actually attend local meetups within your community like i go to meetup.com and i attend a lot of different tech meetups throughout the month that gives me an opportunity to hear from industry experts and it also gives me an opportunity to network with other technology professionals and industry leaders because it may be somebody there that could help you with getting a job or maybe somebody there that can give you some sound advice on how to transition into the industry um see when we talk about people 35 or 40 and older 
I think sometimes these people may not be comfortable with the online learning experience. So I would say to take it a step further and maybe go to your local community college. So you can actually be able to launch those computer skills like Microsoft Office, junior level programming courses, or there's some people that are blue collar workers that they don't know how to type fast. So they want to learn how to type really, really fast. Everybody has different learning um, preferences. So it's not I don't want us to think that because the younger generation is using Udemy that everybody should use Udemy or Lynda.com because that doesn't work for certain generations and it doesn't work for even some of the younger generations of, of, of learners. Sit tight, podcast listeners. We're taking a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Backblaze provides unlimited cloud backups for Macs and PCs for just $5 per month. It backs up your code, documents, music, photos, and videos. Basically, everything you could possibly need to protect completely automatically. Access your data from anywhere in the world, whether that's via your computer or on the go using their iOS and Android apps. Even better, you can recover just one file or all of your files. The choice is yours. And if you do have a complete system failure, you can buy a hard drive with all of your data and have it sent overnight via FedEx. You can even return the drive to Backblaze and get a full refund. With over 700 petabytes stored and 35 billion files restored, you can count on Backblaze to protect your data. It's gimmick-free with no hidden charges, just $5 a month for full backups and peace of mind. To start your fully featured 15-day free trial, go to backblaze.com forward slash learn to code. That's B-A-C-K-B-L-A-Z-E dot com forward slash learn to code. Try Backblaze and start protecting your data today. Since 2012, Flatiron School has helped more than 1,200 students launch new careers in tech. And now they're helping their students break into one of tech's most in-demand fields, data science. There has been a 650% growth in data science jobs since 2012. In fact, data scientist and machine learning engineer jobs are the two fastest growing careers in all of technology. With Flatiron School's online data science bootcamp, you can take advantage of that growth and land a job as a data scientist sooner than later. Thanks to their tried and true curriculum, top instructors, and dedicated career coaches, you can change careers with confidence. Even better, if you don't get a job offer after working with Flyiron School for six months, they'll give you your money back. Start learning for free with Flatiron School's Data Science Bootcamp Prep Course. Just go to flatironschool.com forward slash learn to code with me to get started. Yeah, no, totally. I actually am thinking about an email I got recently from a good friend's husband who's, you know, 30, and he was asking me about um, in-person Python courses in the area that he lives in and some advice about that because he doesn't like online courses. And he was fortunate enough to have his company um, pay for it. It's, you know, part of their, you know, education budget sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, totally agree that it's definitely not for everyone. I also loved what you said about the people who, uh, who, who spend like, you know, 12 bucks, 20, whatever on Udemy and then turn those certifications into like a six figure job. I also loved what you said about how um, it's a myth that you need to be like a programmer to be 
to, to be in tech. That's something I believed when I first started out and um, quickly, or not quickly, I wish it was quickly, realized that there's, <laughs> that there's so many other career options that you can, and so many different paths within technology. It's not like, oh, you have to, you know, be a software engineer and that's it. No, there's like, there's like probably even hundreds of different job titles yes. all within tech, all that require different skills and all that are a lot that are high paying, you know, just as high paying as being a software engineer. So I'm really glad you brought that up too. Awesome. Awesome. So I have, I, 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 I have a few, um, well, just a, one story actually, um, cause you wanted me to give some examples, but I have two clients, um, Alfonso and Malcolm, they actually came to me this year and they they got their Oracle and Microsoft SQL Server administra- admin certifications. They took their courses on Udemy. They also um, decided to, you know, do some volunteer work with different businesses of setting up their their um, their database instance, instances for different small companies. And they basically one was ex-military, was a security guard. Um, Another one was just working a regular government job, non-tech job. And it amazed me that they came to me for career coaching and I, you know, mapped out the roadmap and there one is actually interviewing for Microsoft. He had his technical interview last week for Microsoft for a, um, a Microsoft SQL server position. The other one was hired recently with another company making, you know, one ten. This is their first his first gov- his first tech job with no prior tech professional experience. So I say all this I say all this to say is that if you if you focus on getting the actual IT certifications and getting the courses done on you know platforms like Udemy or Linda and you actually do some volunteer work with other companies and you actually be able to validate that experience on your resume, you can walk into an, an interview feeling confident about your ability. When you say volunteer work, because I, I just know people are are going to be thinking this. They're like, how did they get volunteer work? Like, especially for, I think you said like server administration, like how? Basically, um, just working with small businesses that needed to, needed, needed databases to set up, um, also, you know, what you do is what I told them is I instructed them to go on to Indeed or LinkedIn.com, go on to the job board sites and put in the word volunteer. They work with nonprofit organizations. Nonprofit organizations usually don't have a really, really big budget. So a lot of times they're looking for people to help them with, you know, little small tech um, projects. So they're able to build their portfolio and their, and their, and their experience off of doing work with nonprofit organization and small businesses. Maybe there's a medical office. They network with their family and friends and they were able to allow them to use their business on their resume to vouch for the experience that they have been learning in these courses, because you have to be able to come with real life work experience sometimes to get into maybe more of a six figure job, but being able to do that just was allowing them to put their, theory of knowledge that they learned in these courses and to actually be able to create, you know, online database systems for these particular organizations. So always look on Indeed or LinkedIn for and put in the word volunteer and put in the technology or put in the actual software application that you may need to be trying to look for a volunteer um, opportunity for and see if there's companies looking for people to do that. 
Yeah, perfect. I um, 100% agree with that. I always tell people having some kind of real work experience, whether it's for friends or family, whether it's paid or unpaid volunteer, it can go such a long way and help you like get your foot in the door to, to getting that interview or, or what have you. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for sharing those. Uh, so one question that I get asked all the time is, am I too old to get a new job in tech? And and I always tell people no, because as I said earlier, like I truly believe that anyone can do anything they set their mind to if they have the drive, the work ethic, the ambition, the mindset. I think mindset is super important as well. Um, and all those things, right, are, are free, right? Having a positive mindset, having ambition, those aren't things you need to get a certificate for, but that will help you get the certificates or the coursework or the degrees or the work to get the job. But anyway, as someone in like their late 20s still, I and, and I don't work with people in like a tech or I'm sorry, in a career coaching capacity. Um, I can't fully relate to what it would be like to be 45 or 50 uh, in trying to get a new job in tech. So I'm curious, like as a career coach, how do you answer that question? Am I too old to get a new job in tech? I I think you're never too old to get a job in tech. Um, I think, you know, having a a, a mindset shift of being able to wanting to learn and wanting to be patient with the process is very important um, because this is this is a career shift. But when you think about um, business, retail, healthcare, all of these industries that other people are already in. They're already having to adapt to learning new technology. You think about when you go into the doctor's office, they're using iPads now, right? Now, these people, they're not coders. They're not programmers. They're not network administrators. They know nothing about tech. But just being able to be open to adopting to new technologies within your current situation will take you a long way. Um, being someone that's resilient, that, that takes someone that basically say, you know, I may get knocked down. I may, I may not pass an IT certification exam, or I may not get the job interview. You have to be resilient enough to know that there are going to be times when you're going to fail in, in this new journey of, of doing this career change. And it's okay because there are people that are in the industry that fail IT exams and things like that. So I think I don't want anyone to ever think that they're too old to transition into this field. Um, you know, I think you just have to become married to the to the evolution of constant updates. You're going to have constant updates to programming languages, operating systems, software application updates. Um, you know, even when you get a new phone, right? Like if you go from iPhone, I went. I just recently went from iPhone six to eight. There were little changes that I had to adapt to. I just think we all just have to continue to, you know, have a have a. Um, have a mindset to be a lifetime learner. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, so, so great to catch up with you today, Kanika. I loved everything you had to share. Is there any final parting pieces of advice that you'd like listeners to walk away with? I think I would like people that is in this particular age group to focus in on um, training, patience, and consistency. Um, this journey may take some time, um, but then is it, it, you dictate that time. I feel like a lot of times people feel fearful of moving into this field, but I feel like if you really put in the work and do, do your due diligence, I think it could take, 
as much as time as you put into it. You put a little bit of time into learning a new technology, it's going to take a whole, whole lot of time to try to transition into the field. Um, I think I wanted to speak on a little bit is connecting with recruiters and industry leaders because that's really key into transitioning into that industry is learning how to think about networking. Um, networking is super important and maximizing your network far as using LinkedIn, um, going to job fairs, connecting with recruiters online and, and also connecting with friends that are already in these tech companies that can do, you know, referral, refer you into the system for a job. I think, you know, the older um, I don't want to say the older generation, but I think the mindset of networking for Gen Gen Ys or millennials is a little bit different than the mindset of someone that's a Gen Xer or baby boomer. So I want them to kind of shift their mindset of, of being open and networking with brand new people. Um, but other than that, I mean, I think that you can do anything you put your mind to. Oh, yeah. And I loved what you said before about going to meetups. You mentioned that earlier, I think, in your in your example and a few times that how important networking is. It's kind of funny because I almost think like like someone um, that was born in an era without as much technology would be more comfortable networking because I feel, at least for me, like I'm so comfortable at my computer. I'm so comfortable <laughs> on, on social media, but, and maybe this is like a me problem, but I really get nervous for like different kinds of events and social gatherings. And, um, you know, like the, and I've talked about this like several times already in this, uh, this podcast season, but like public but you're a podcast, host. how could you be nervous talking I know, to strangers when you interview strangers all day long? It's funny. I know it, it's really funny. I think it's just this thing with the computer and not being in person. Whereas when I'm in person, I, maybe it's like a social anxiety or I don't know. I, and maybe <laughs> I'm just so, or maybe I'm just so, cause you know, the thing is, and, and I know this is true with networking. I just haven't put in the time yet, but like you're my, I don't know, my 90th podcast interview or something. And yeah, it's one of those things where it's like over time you get better at something. That's how it is with anything, whether you're learning a programming language or a tech skill or you're networking or you're public speaking. Um, And I think I just haven't put in the time for the in-person meetups yet. And I'm sure if I did 90 in-person meetups or 90 talks in front of a crowd, I would get better every single time, more comfortable. Yep. It's just for me getting over that, that, that hurdle or that first, like, I don't know, just like, just like putting the wheel, the wheels in motion. But yeah, no, I know it's really, it's really odd that in front of the computer. Probably because you're behind your computer, you're comfortable, you're behind technology, you're behind Skype. I think you're right. I think that, um, that's another thing thing that you may be right on about you know differences is that you know the older generation have better communication skills because they didn't have all of this technology i'm kind of a hybrid i am my husband always say you everybody just you know everybody just gravitates towards you and your personality and um i think we focus a lot in tech on technical skills and we don't focus on the soft skills and we need everyone to know that it's important to be able to communicate effectively through presentations, through meetings, through meetups, through collaboration. Because if you think you're just going to get into this industry and sit in your cube and you're going to be coding and, and no one's going to ever have to talk to you, then you're not going to thrive. So it's very important for all of us to push the envelope to work on those soft skills. I mean, what do you think? 
Oh, yeah, definitely. We've had people on the show um, in the past and uh, I believe interviews coming up after yours that attribute their success and their their career transition into tech to their soft skills, to their communication skills. And people have had stories of where they were given a job opportunity. Maybe it was like a junior, you know, a junior with their first tech job, but they kind of won it over because of their communication skills right. and yeah and their people skills yep and how well they did in their interviews maybe not on the tech the technical part but on the um behavioral and and just connecting with the interviewers so yeah i think i mean it's a it's a huge it's a huge advantage that um, people, if, if, if they're, if they're, not, if they're a bit wary about their technical skills, but they have great communication skills to definitely leverage those and, and play those up. Yeah. That would be probably an advantage that most people in a, in, in 40 and up or 35 plus would have, because we, we weren't, I wasn't, I always didn't have a computer. So you always saw it as a, as a child, talk to people, look at people, introduce yourself, um, you know, you know, have a sense of loyalty and respect when you're talking to someone that you're trying to connect with. That may be the advantage of the young, you know, they have over the younger generation. So I think that you can maximize that because sometimes it's not about what you know, it's about who you know and who you meet sometimes. Yep. And I, I know there's a quote about first impressions, but whatever the quote is about first impressions and so <laughs> much, so much of a, a first impression is not even you opening your mouth. It's just your body language, your eye yep. contact, how you present yourself. And I feel like, especially in like an interview situation, like having a good first impression when you're meeting like face to face could be, could, could make or break it. I don't know. Like it, it, it could, it could mean so much. Um, Anyway, thank you so much, Kanika, for coming on the show. Where can people find you online? Um, you can actually find me online pretty much everywhere. Um, I have a consistent branding for with Kanika Tover. So I'm actually I have a Facebook fan page at Kanika R. Tover. At Twitter, I'm at Kanika Tover. At Instagram, I'm at Kanika Tover. <laughs> on LinkedIn, I'm at Kanika Tover. And then I have my own personal website, KanikaTover.com. Um, you guys can check that out. Um, but I'm always open to connect with you guys through social media, through email. Um, I enjoy chatting with people about their career challenges and struggles. So feel free to reach reach out to me on social media, guys. Awesome. Thank you again for coming on. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Kanika. If you missed any of that or would like a recap, the show notes for this episode can be found at learntocodewith.me forward slash podcast. If you're listening to this episode in the future, simply click the search icon in the upper navigation of the website and type in Kanika's name. And lastly, don't forget, for this week only, when the episode airs, which is in late November 2018, we're offering a crazy good deal for Black Friday. You can get $3,400 worth of coding products for just $199. That's 94% in savings. You can check it out at learntocodewith.me forward slash Black Friday 2018. That URL is all one word. This promotion will only be available until Monday, November 26th at midnight Eastern Time, 2018. This is truly a once in a lifetime deal to get all of these courses at this crazy low price. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and I'll see you next week.
Thank you.